to Friday After Five. We're your hosts, Rachel. And Hallie. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. <laughs> We're both just like sitting here staring at each other, being totally transparent. We are not feeling it this week. It's been a long week. It's that spring break hangover where... This week is just dragged on. It's just dragged on. Like, it's the reality check that you didn't want, but you got it. <laughs> like, it's just hitting us really hard. But either way, we're looking forward to this week's episode. Yeah, so we've together come up with a list of 10 things that, or 10 mistakes that we've made in college, whether it was, you know, independently or we both agree that they're things that we've done. Um, So just, you know, sharing those with you so that if you're entering college, you (laughs) you can learn from them and maybe don't have to make them. But if you're you know, in college, already been through college, maybe these are just, like, some points that... Relatable. You can relate to. (laughs) So this week's episode is called The 10 Mistakes That We've Made in College, so you don't have to. So moving on, we're going into point numero uno. She told me not to say that. I'm not making eye contact. We're going with it. (laughs) So this point is that it's okay to not be consumed by homework. For me, um, in trying to find balance in every aspect of my life, while I was mostly a freshman in college, um, I really struggled with the fact that I felt like I always had to do homework because that's what I was in college to do. I don't know if you have a similar experience. But for me, I actually got to study abroad in London (laughs) my first semester of college. So when all, a lot of my friends were going out to clubs, even though I didn't necessarily want to go to the clubs, yeah. um, I felt I was always at home doing homework. And I felt after a while I was really missing out. But I wasn't able to make the kind of like the jump to deciding like when I should be doing my homework and when I should be going out. And I had a lot of trouble balancing like that. Like finding that structure. Yeah, definitely. No, that makes sense. Um, I can't say it's something that I personally relate to, but I think, you know... It's something a lot of people do face, especially as you're making the jump from high school to college. Like, there's so much, like, pressure, and you hear that, like, oh, my gosh, it's so much work. But in reality, like, you figure it out as you go, and it's going to look different for everybody. Well, and I also felt like I came into college with the mindset, like, my parents are helping me with this opportunity. I need yeah. to be here to study. Yeah. And I, I felt like I really did lose that kind of, like, oh, I can go out. It's okay. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Yeah, so I guess that ties into... Our point number two, I'm not allowed to say it in Spanish anymore. I got <laughs> reprimanded. Oh, my gosh. The dramatics. <laughs> but um, one mistake that I felt like I made is that I should have joined more clubs or organizations. Um, one, well, one reason I didn't was because sometimes I have a lot of trouble with social anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially if I wanted to join, like, an entrepreneurship club, I kind of had, like, self-confidence issues. Like, oh, maybe I'm not a good enough, quote-unquote, entrepreneur. Yeah, like, especially I don't as belong. a freshman. Yeah, it's a, definitely hard to get into that kind of area. Um, and then another thing is, especially at the school we go to, it's a very career-oriented yeah. school. So I would just say pick a club that doesn't – like, you don't need to join a supply chain club or an entrepreneurship club. You should join a club that actually aligns with your interests. Like, one of my friends is – She's a genius finance person, but mm-hmm. she's into photography. So she's on the board of a photography club, and she really enjoys that. And I think that's super important. No, and that, I can totally relate to that experience because for me, one thing that I, you know, I did make the mistake of joining, you know, we talked about joining more clubs, but I joined too many clubs initially. I remember walking around the first day of school at the club there, and, you know, everything sounds so cool and exciting. You're putting your name down for everything. And then I just remember looking at my calendar and being like, 
this is so overwhelming and this is all stuff that's supposed to be fun. I was stressing myself mm-hmm. over something that I was supposed to enjoy. So I had to really narrow it down to what I wanted to dedicate my time to. And so for me, I ended up joining a group fitness club and that's what I like invested in. That's what I spent most of my time doing. And obviously that's totally unrelated to my career human resources. So it's good. Um, but I ended up enjoying it a lot more because it's not like I'm consumed by human resources all day and then doing it at night during my club time. It's like you find that balance and it ended up working really well, I think. Yeah. Moving into our third point, this was something I really struggled with, is the point itself says don't try to be somebody you aren't, which sounds super cliche, um, but putting it into context for me freshman year, you know, you want to meet friends, you feel the pressure to do what everybody else is doing, Mm -hmm. and I guess the people I was surrounding myself with at the time, they were all going out and partying every Friday, Saturday night, sometimes even on the weeknights, and... For those that know me, again, you've heard that I'm an introvert and going out and partying, like, it's just not who I am. I don't mm-hmm. enjoy it. It's not fun to me. So I was going out trying to make friends, but in reality, I was just miserable the whole time. And I mean, why am I wanting to surround myself with people who are doing, like, getting enjoyment out of things that I don't enjoy? Like, that's not going to be a successful relationship in the end because there's nothing, that, like, it's not that we don't have anything in common, but mm-hmm. our sources of fun are different, like, there's people better suited, I guess, to me as a person. Yeah, and it's it's a form of peer pressure. Yeah. But it's also the type of peer pressure that you're also kind of putting on yourself. Yeah. Because you're trying to fit into that mold exactly. of everyone around you. And I mean, so I went to school, high school overseas. I was in Stockholm. So for me, the drinking age was 18. So I feel like I had the opportunity to go out and do the partying thing. So by the time I got back to the U.S. for college, it's like, Literally, I feel like what you see in the movies, like I've been out of the American school system Mm -hmm. for so long. So when I got back, I was like, literally, this is what I see in the movies. I'm just like, you get to college and everyone like lets loose and goes wild. And I feel like that's what I was living in. And it was a little overwhelming because the culture here is so different around it. Because in Europe, it's more of like the, you know, social drinking. Like it's casual, whereas here, because it wasn't legal, it was all binge drinking. And it was, in my opinion, actually kind of scary what I was seeing. So, I mean, I digress, but (laughs) it's not about drinking, but... um, just in general, like, I tried to be somebody that I wasn't and realize that, you know, the people I was connecting with weren't people who I, like, deeply connected with. And that didn't make you feel like you were, could be yourself, too. Exactly. And that, you know, leads us directly into point number four, which for both Rachel and I, like, you know, we define friendship as quality over quantity. Yeah, no, this is something that I have struggled with pretty much my whole life. Um, and I guess part of it is you see a lot of people in group settings with all their friends and stuff and you're thinking like oh why don't I have huge groups of friends um and I think that this is a really important point because it comes across in sororities it comes across in even club settings yeah um quality over quantity and friends is so important I mean my best friend I met in San Francisco I met Hallie um eight months ago I think yeah literally and they're my two like greatest friends and it's truly quality over quantity I know these people will be there for me no matter what exactly so for like for me personally loyalty is probably like the number one trait I look for in a friend and just looking back you know through middle school high school like I can always count on one hand the number of friends I had during that time and it's the people who you know are going to be there for you have Mm -hmm. your back no matter what I mean everyone has acquaintances that they know and like you know that number is obviously bigger but I definitely like to rely on very few people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel very fortunate to have found people like Rachel, you know, throughout my time that I know, like, even extending beyond college, like, we're always going to be there for each other. So, and I think. And it, it's hard when you, co- into, when you go into college as a freshman and you yeah. see 
so many people in these situations like sororities i think sororities is the number one example of that stigma yeah and you see these people on social media and you're thinking they have so many friends what's wrong with me like why do people not want to be my friends in reality you're at least for Hallie my personalities that we have very Mm -hmm. not I wouldn't say picky taste but (laughs) it's because we that's the kind of relationships that we need it's just that quality friendship yeah so our next point point number five we have labeled as don't live with friends and personally I've never had roommates which is not the normal college experience so I can't speak much to it but I know Rachel shared a lot of her experiences with me and one thing that she um had struggled with is that she you know, living with friends, you had always expressed to me that you felt pressure to always be with them and, like, you couldn't have a life outside of them. Yeah, so I actually lived with my freshman roommates from freshman year until, I think, middle of junior year. Which is a quite a long time. Yeah, it was definitely a long time. And when I was living with them, I felt like that we had to be best friends. We always had, there was kind of, I guess there was pressure. I don't know if it was necessary on me or on them, Mm -hmm. but I felt like there was pressure to always watch TV together, always hang out. And like, if I bring another friend over, I'd feel awkward because they're they're supposed to be like my friends. All of my roommates were all friends. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit- um, Like clicky. Yeah, it it felt very clicky. Um, And then on the off, on the other side is that I had to move out because of COVID and I came back and it was, them who are like best friends and I came in kind of like a stranger and that, that was really like hard you've for been me. left behind yeah, yeah exactly no that makes sense but like okay did it make having conversations awkward like you know like the roommate conversations yeah that was another part of it is because when you're living with your friends um the reality I'm a very clean person um and especially when you're in an environment where you kind of don't have control mm-hmm. I like to have my space clean and a lot of times, like, I'd find dishes in the sink or there would be trash on the floor. Yeah. And it was really difficult for me to have those conversations because I felt like I'm talking to my friends. I'm telling my friends that they need to clean up. And I'm supposed to be, like, hanging out with them instead of being, like, telling them what to do. Mm-hmm. And I really had trouble with those boundaries. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. And, again, I can't relate personally, <laughs> but I know. Smiles. I know a lot of people definitely have faced similar experiences. Yeah, so I, 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 that would just be the point. I said, don't live with friends unless you feel comfortable enough to make those, have those awkward conversations. Yeah. In kind of connected to living situations, point number six um, is something that I struggled with and I have it labeled as wanting to go home often. For me, I, again, had done all of high school abroad and at the time my parents were still living abroad. So mm-hmm. for me, home was super far away. Um also in the process, I was repatriating, is that how you say it, back to the U.S., which, you know, a lot of people think moving overseas would be the harder portion of it, but in my opinion, coming home was the harder part of it because, Mm -hmm. you know, on paper, I'm American, I should be like everybody else, but then, you know, a lot of these opening conversations in college are like, oh, like, how was your prom? Like, how was your graduation? And I'm like, well, I didn't have a prom. They're like, but you're American. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, but it, like, you know, it opens up a whole can of worms. So yeah. for me, it was really hard to fit in. So I was just craving going back home because at the time, still living overseas, like, you know, we were still in that international school community. Like it just felt more home, more comfortable to me. Um, within that though, I'm happy that I didn't have access to go home because I could see that if I was able to go home every weekend, I would have made the mistake of going home. Mm-hmm. And in that I wouldn't have been on campus to meet friends or get involved. Like I would have just always been running away from my problems yeah. to the point where I would have never faced them. So in that, the mistake would have been, I guess, going home. And you're also not close to home. So I guess you didn't 
you weren't able to get there either. Yeah, um, I chose to go on the East Coast <laughs> to be as far away from home um, just because I wanted a new experience, but I definitely had those times when I just wanted to go home and I'd see my friends because my roommate in freshman year lived in Watertown, which is like 30 miles away. Yeah. And she'd go home to get her laundry done and I, I would often be like, I want to go home, but I can't. Yeah. And looking back on it, I think that was definitely like a blessing in disguise. Exactly. So yeah, the moral of that point would be even if you story. want to go home, it would be a mistake to go home every weekend. A missed opportunity. Exactly. Yeah, so picking up off of that, um, I wanted to go to school on the East Coast because I wanted to be independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that that was like definitely a really important part of growing up. But for me, I think my number one, I guess, mistake lesson would be trying to be too independent. So trying to do everything all at once like trying to grocery shop all that without help from your parents I mean I grew up with a very fortunate situation where my mom like I'd go to the grocery store with her my family would always sit down for dinner yeah um so I felt when I went into college I was like I got to be independent I got to figure it out you want to do it for yourself yeah exactly and it created more of like anxiety more stress in an already stressful environment. Where I can, like, see you right now. <laughs> you're like, I have to go grocery shopping. I have to make my dinner. Like, I have to do all of this for myself. Yeah, exactly. And you're, you. I mean, you start college, you're 18. It's, looking back, that's crazy. Like, I look at 18-year-olds now, which isn't that, you know, much younger than we are now. But I'm like, holy cow, like, that's, it's young to be, like, figuring it all out for yourself. Yeah, and, but that's the thing. I mean, when you go away to college, you have the idea in your head that you're supposed to go away and figure everything out on your own. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I have amazing parents that would always call me and make sure I was okay. <laughs> so I eventually started to understand. Like, I call my parents every single day now. I call my Same. parents more now than I did when I was a freshman. It's so true, which is so funny. <laughs> and I, this, you know, the whole being independent thing, I think, leads really good into our next point, point number eight, which... We have both of our names listed on, and it is portion control. <laughs> in, in exclamation point. Exclamation points. point, capital letters, all of that. Um, you know, they talk about the freshman 15, and let's just say the freshman 15 is certainly real. real. <laughs> but it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. It happens Absolutely to everybody. Okay. And like, It's part you, of learning. Growing. As you go throughout college, you figure it out. You get your routine. But especially as you're finding that independence, you're like, well, I can cook for myself. So I can choose what I want to eat. And, like, having access to the dining hall. Like, oh, yeah. it makes it so easy to just, like get off track a little bit I mean I don't know exactly how it works at other schools but at Northeastern you get a meal swipe card and you swipe into the dining hall it's buffet style it's buffet style you can be there all day all day all day I've seen people like I've swiped in multiple times I like see people still sitting there and I'm like wow yeah (laughs) it's crazy but with that like there's no accountability like you can just eat as much as you want which isn't bad like it's good to have access and you know, there are healthy options, but I know specifically eating in the dining hall, I always struggled with, you know. Healthy options. Healthy options. When there's when there's Exactly, the unhealthy <laughs> options. Or, or waffles yeah. versus eggs. Yeah. And, like, making those decisions when you're coming off of, I mean, again, Hallie and I were fortunate. Like, we yeah. lived with our parents. Um, my mom, dad would cook for us. Mm-hmm. So I would always have those super nutrition nutritious meals but then when it came to northeastern and you'd have access to the dining hall i would be like "Mm, the ice cream machine (laughs) exactly (laughs) so yeah just not not eating those foods and letting yourself have fun but just like finding that balance and you know portion controlling what you are eating i guess is 
what I would recommend there. Yeah, filling one plate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in talking about our last two points, um, just like the forewarning that they're a little deeper, a little more serious in nature. But I mean, they've had the most impact on us. The most That's impact. And, you know, you know us. We'll find a way to make them lighthearted. <laughs> um, but getting right into number nine, comparison is something that I found freshman year consumed a lot of my time, and I wish it had not. Mm-hmm. Um Looking back at my high school experience, I graduated with only 43 kids. Yeah, me too. Which is such a small scale, I know, especially compared to a lot of American high schools. But coming to Northeastern, where I'm surrounded by 1,300 undergrads, you know, big difference. And just the scale of people that you're surrounded by. Like, in class, I'm sitting next to, like, the D1 athlete, the valedictorian. Like, these people who are, you know, super smart or super fit. Mm -hmm. It leaves room to, you know, just compare yourself. Yeah, I mean, even maybe not even the smartest or the most fit even just like the social the socializing aspect of it like sitting next to a sorority girl in class and they're wearing their like <laughs> like they have t-shirt. an identity yeah, yeah. And, and you're sitting and you're like I don't have an identity I lost I mean I came from high school where I played volleyball mm-hmm. and I felt like I lost part of that identity yeah and then I would compare myself to the D1 athlete or I never compared myself to the valedictorian because I (laughs) (laughs) knew that wasn't even worth it. Oh, my gosh. But the sorority people thinking, like, oh, maybe that's something I need to do or how that – what I need to do to elevate based on what they're doing. No, exactly. It's something that, like, is so easy to fall into but definitely is a mistake in, like, letting yourself be consumed by it because it's just something that's so avoidable and – I learned very quickly that the sooner I can stop comparing myself to everyone I'm surrounded by, the happier I am. And I mean, the less you care, like you just, you do your thing and like, Mm -hmm. you're going to be happy and successful in whatever you're doing. Um, And I also think that ties into the people that you surround yourself with. I know that sounds cliche, but for me, I would always compare myself to my roommates. And instead of them kind of like picking me up like you do, um, they kind of just like tear me down or one of them was in a sorority and I would see that but I think it's really who you surround yourself with that that comparison doesn't really matter anymore and instead of being like put down everyone lifts you up yeah no that's definitely a really good point last but certainly not least (laughs) (laughs) oh I get to put on me I wasn't prepared for that (laughs) number 10 is live in the moment slash be selfish which again I feel like we say this after every point and sounds super cliche, but cliche is what people relate to, right? Yeah. Um, for me, I feel like this comes specifically in the form of last semester, and I feel uncomfortable talking about this, but it was my reality. At the time, I was dating somebody who lived in Texas. I lived in Mass. And so doing that long-distance relationship, I felt like, I had one foot in the door, one foot out the door. Like, I was here, but, you know, mentally I was in Texas with them. And so I felt like I almost, I don't want to say I missed out on experiences here, but it's just that, like, I didn't feel like I was living in the moment here, I guess. And I'm definitely regretful not of, you know, the circumstances, the relationship, but I'm regretful of not enjoying my time last semester more, I guess. No, I totally understand that. I mean, for me, I'm fortunate that I've been in a relationship for four years, but for two or three of those years Mm -hmm. it was long distance um but he always let me feel like fine like being selfish in college and like having those opportunities um but it came to me like more personally in being selfish is that I would usually prioritize that relationship yeah um and in reality I feel like maybe I should have been joining more clubs or spending less time like on FaceTime 
now that I think back on it, <laughs> just in terms of being selfish in college. And, like, by selfish, we're not being, like, oh, only think about yourself. No. But it's your opportunity to grow. And this, yeah, this is your time to be selfish because I feel like once you graduate, it's, like, you're finding a job. Well, that's not, you know, necessarily about you. That's about mm-hmm. the bigger picture, the company. Yeah, and then you're getting married and then you have a partner involved and you're having kids maybe. You know what I mean? There's just so many other factors in it. Like, this is your one and only time to just, like, live for yourself. And to figure out kind of the direction where you want to go. Not yeah. for the rest of your life by yeah. any means, but at least for, like, five years, what you want to study, yeah. who you want to be friends with. Like, that. that's all about being selfish. Exactly. That brings us to the end. We did it. We did it. Even though it was a little we bit of a struggle us, <laughs> we made it. Here we are. Um... But, you know, like we always say, we hope you have a happy weekend. We hope your weather is a little nicer than ours. It's going to be raining and cold, I think. So not necessarily looking forward to that. But there's only one one more thing to say. One more thing to say. You want to say it or should I? Rachel, you know I can't say it. Do it. You won't. <laughs> <laughs>